Yo, what is happening, everyone? Episode 71. We are bringing a special, special guest to today's podcast of Building the Foundations. This man right here has really transformed my life in so many ways. Um, and I can't even just, I'm beyond grateful for this one connection, how it has opened a whole new world for me. I was in a very dark time. My sister's boyfriend reached out to me. It was like, you got to connect with this dude named Parker up at NC State. He's hosting a podcast and it's just, he's on to some massive stuff. Super cool dude. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm always open for a new connection. And we just clicked from there. He offered me, you know, a spot in his community. He opened that door. And then I got connected with so many other people based off that one entry. And it has, like I said, opened so many doors for me in so many ways. And so I'm super excited to bring him here because he has a mindset of like a 45-year-old, a leader of the world, but yet he's 20 years old. So Parker, he's a junior at NC State, finishing that up right now. He's the president of the leadership union at NC State. He was an intern at LexisNexis, which is very fascinating. We're going to explore down into that. Uh, he actually, he works at the Dale Carnegie Leadership Program as well. Uh, and he has an international community through Taking a Breath. He has a call every Saturday, and he's actually launching and has launched the Taking a Breath Retreat, which are going to be truly phenomenal and life-changing to anyone who gets on there. But let's introduce the man himself, Parker. Tell Yo. us who Parker Mays is. What's up, Colby? Hey, man, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on, bro. I, I appreciate the opportunity to share my story and, and share with your audience. And uh, man, it, it's cool to look back over, over our relationship over the past few years, and, and for me, I have so many of those, those little moments, like you talked about, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, meeting me, it opens up these doors for new connections with people like Thomas and like Greg and, and all of these things that we've done. And I think that's where my story has started as well is when I was, was in high school, I was always the one who was interested in, Hey, I want to be a part of the club. I want to be a part of student government. I want to look for those leadership opportunities and growth opportunities. And, and what I found was growing up, I was in this small pond. My, my, uh, my school uh, was 800 people. It was K through 12, though. My class size was only 55 people. So it was a very small class size. And, and I was a, a big fish in a small pond, right? And when I got to NC State, my class size went from 50 to 5,000. And so when this change happens, I realized, wow, you know, I'm nobody here. And having that shift allowed me to realize, hey, it's about who you know. It's about making those meaningful connections. So as you mentioned, I got into to college. I, uh, I, I started meeting the right people. Thomas lived right across the hall from me, Thomas Armstrong. He's a good friend of mine and, and someone Colby knows. He was the, the first person that I met when I got to NC State and has to this day been one of the most powerful and meaningful connections in my life. And, and what I found is, is over the past few years, I've gotten connected to programs and internships and companies that have just opened up the doors. And so what, what Colby mentioned there with Taking a Breath Community is my attempt to open doors for others. And, and that was the shift that I happened was I realized, hey, I've just happened to have the right doors open in the right times. And I want to do that for other people. And so I'm so passionate about networking, connection and learning from a student perspective. And that's that's really where my focus is. So Colby, excited to dive in with you today, my friend. Wow. I mean, I, I just learned some new things, too. And it's so fascinating that 
Thomas was the dude living across the hall. And yeah. just to see where you guys have grown now, and, and I know that you guys both launched a podcast in your communities around the same time and had different approaches. And yeah. so that is so amazing how things do fall into place. And like you said, the doors open at the right time and then maximizing them. Um, and so I am curious though, going down into the past, you said you were a big fish in a small pond. Like what were, like, what were you really thinking and feeling and, and what was your environment like and, and what were your dreams at that time? Yeah, I think that in my high school years and, and when I'm spending time um, as so so there's a, a program called FCA, it's um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And this was a club that I started when I was in high school. And what I realized from doing that as a junior and growing it to the largest club at the school at the time and all of these things was I realized that I had this natural like interest in taking an idea and growing it into something meaningful for people and using it as a way to connect and serve the community. And that was where I really started, right? So I talk about, you know, big fish, which, which may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but just the idea that I, I wanted to be someone making an impact even as young as 16 or 17 years old. And so I realized like, hey, that's where I want to be went on to my senior year to be the president of the student government so that I could have that bigger impact. I could connect with more of the faculty and the, and the staff and, and use that as a way to build more community and to create events that, that made an impact. Um, and so that was kind of where my story started was I realized that if I can be put in those right positions and those right roles, even as 16, as a student leader, that we can have that impact as a student run organization. And so that's where all of this really started. That's, that's very fascinating that, and, and it's cool to look back to see that you started there, you, you're cultivating these ideas, you see I can lead some people, I can make a big difference and bring people together and to that's see right. what you're doing with taking a breath now, that is just, it's amazing to see just the growth of that. Um, but I am curious, you know, were you reading any personal development books at the time, books on leadership, or were you just acting off natural instincts? Yeah, so up until like I got into into college, I had no like official experience or learning, right? It was all learning by doing. And, and to be honest, that's something that I've even still carried into my college time. Um, what I found was, you know, where I'm getting the energy and the motivation is from learning from the team members around me and from the people that I, I was able to connect with, right? So I was learning from uh, people who were, uh, you know, teachers and, and faculty and, and people that I was meeting through these organizations. So in that way, I had these kind of mentor roles, which is, you know, now what I would call them. But at the time, I was just like, you know, it's this, this teacher that I met. Um, but what I realized it was, you know, that was a huge way that I was able to learn from experience. And then for me, it was like, hey, I'm going to do and I'm going to learn as I go. And we all know, you know, that has that has its downfalls when I have to take the time to learn something. But on the other side, you know, I actually was the one owning every single piece of learning. When I mess up, it's my fault. And I learn from it. When I win, you know, we as a team win. And so that was kind of my experience there. Okay. And how did you, was that just something, like I said, naturally came upon or were you like, I'm making this decision and I'm acting upon it? Yeah, no, in general, I would say until college, I wasn't intentionally like pursuing growth. So I was doing it out of like, a, I, I knew there was some kind of driving thing, you know, naturally, but 
I wasn't intentionally reading books. I wasn't intentionally learning. Um, all I was doing, and, and I didn't even have a driving why behind it. I didn't understand why I was doing it. Um, it was just this kind of thing that I was naturally doing. And then it wasn't until I got to college that I actually like started realizing like, I, I want to pursue this. And then it's just exponential growth from there. Now that that's fascinating because I kind of feel that with my journey as well, where it's yeah. just like, I'm just doing, I'm just doing, it's just like, these things are happening. I don't really know why, but then like when you do get into that groove and things just like take off and a lot can happen within a year. And I know how long has taking a breath really been a thing? A year. So actually it'll be uh, one year on May 1st, 2021 will be the, so we're like two days out from that happening. That, that is just so freaking <laughs> incredible that how much, like, like I said, can really happen in a year yeah. when you're really intentional with your growth and a vision. And that, I think that just the test on who you are as a person and, you know, what's possible for anyone, because it's not, you know, we're no special human beings. It's just following that internal guide and then just making the decision and going. And so I guess my next question was, you know, obviously who was the first people uh, that you started reading? Who were those the foundational fathers for you? Yeah. And, and so there, there's a couple of things there is as I was introduced to people like Thomas, I was able to have mentors who were able to say, Hey, this is someone you've got to check out. These are people that you need to check out. And what I found was um, there are, there were people in my life that I realized I really respected and listened to that happened to be entrepreneurial type people, which is where my journey into entrepreneurship and into actually wanting to do my own branding and do my own thing started happening. And so people like Ed Milet, Dale Carnegie, um, you know, even things like uh, a lot of the, the people that I was connecting with through church, like a Stephen Furtick, like a pastor of um, Elevation Church and, and people like that, that I was able to look up to as leaders and see what they're doing. I found that those were some of the like kind of, you know, building the foundations for who I wanted to be. Mm. No, that, that's fascinating. Just how the whole array of it all. I'm just really tying it all together. But the, the big point, obviously, that stood out to me was like the leadership, the type of leaders who they were. Yeah. And I know that is a big thing that you are wholly based around is leadership, young leaders. And so I'm curious, you know, what, how do you define a leader and what, like, obviously we went to the past, but yeah, how do you define a leader and sure. how do they act it out? Uh, like, what are their characteristics? Sure. Yeah. So, so something I'm really big on is that there uh, has been this kind of like historically this notion that, you know, this super extroverted person who is at the front of the room, who is always the one calling the shots is this kind of leader type figure. And what my belief has come to be and, and where I'm at right now, right? I don't know where I'll be in five years and 10 years, but where I'm at right now, is I really believe that there is leadership potential in every single person. And it's about tapping into that deep why and the connection for that person as to how they can bring out their best leadership qualities, right? And so when I think about leaders, I'm, I'm thinking about people having different strengths, right? But actually tapping into those strengths to be able to lead a team well, lead themselves well, or lead the people around them, even if it's just leading by example, right? And so something that I think that students struggle with, because I'm in this space so much, is that students feel that, oh, I don't have a title, so I'm not a leader. And that's the biggest chain that I always have to break when I'm bringing people into the community. 
how I set up our community meetings is that we have um, a small group breakouts, right? And in those small group breakouts, there is no designated leader. And what people struggle with is, hey, who's the one that's supposed to be leading this small group breakout? And my point is, is communicating. You have the potential to be that leader. What, what I'm looking for in those small groups is someone who's going to be inclusive, someone who's actually looking to learn from others, someone who's willing to own that responsibility, own any mistakes, own any communication there. And so those are some of the key things that I'm looking for. I think great leaders, especially in today's age, are people who are willing to communicate openly, be honest and authentic. I know that's something huge for you. And then be inclusive of other people's thoughts, opinions, and experiences, and making sure that we are able to, to leverage them so that we can all learn from them. Wow, <laughs> that took you out of take. Um, and I really like the structure of how you're, how you're cultivating your community and team. Thank you. Where you're like, you're exposing them to the form of leadership that you believe is the way of leadership. And, and not, you know, it's not a title of, oh, I'm, I'm the head of the room, so listen to me. But it's a group. It's, it's a true leader, someone who can get the most out of your individuals and help them take that responsibility and individual role. And so I know you hit on the point that we all have, oh, uh, that we, we all have that leadership in, in us, that we all have our own qualities and gifts. And I think that comes down to self-awareness. And so you seem very, very aware of who you are. And so I'm curious, how was that approach um, to you to figuring out, okay, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses. And how, what was that method of really cultivating it and understanding, okay, this is who I am and this is who I'm not. Let me pour into who I am and try to see, try to surround myself with people who strength, who, who strengths are my weaknesses? Yeah. Um, two things there. One super quickly, because you, you mentioned um, me being intentional about like uh, how I'm actually showing and demonstrating the leadership within the, uh, the community. I think even a great example of that is I've created this new facilitator role. Col Colby, you did it, you know, just this past weekend in an effort to decentralize the community from me as the title leader, right? By, by empowering other students around me, other young entrepreneurs and leaders, I actually was able to say, hey, this is me showing that leadership isn't a title because I'm a leader within this environment where my title is no longer facilitator. Does that make sense as well? Yes, wow, that, that gave me chill bumps just talking about it and getting the okay. big picture. I can. So, so there's just multiple pieces in there, right? So, so when, when now, when we're talking about self-awareness, right? When, when people see, they come on to the community, they see this thing that, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, it's laid out, but there's so much depth and thought that I've put into it and learned from others about it that you don't see on that surface, right? So I'm going to direct my community to come listen to this so they can hear my thought process behind putting all of this together, right? So, um, but to your point about self-awareness and knowing who we are, I think there's a couple of, of, of key things for me is one is for so long, I was what I thought was self-confident, right? I was loud, outspoken. I was, you know, um, doing my thing. I was kind of, uh, 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 you know, not taking no for an answer, you know, all of this stuff. And the, the thing that I realized was that that self-confidence and how I felt was actually covering the insecurity that I, I didn't want to show people, right? And I think that for, for young people, it's, it's hard because we almost have to, to show like we're all together, like we've got everything together. 
because we have things like social media where everyone else is showing, you know, what their highlights are and what's going on, you know, and it becomes this comparison game. But I think that what happened for me was at some point I realized, hey, it's not about comparing myself to others, which ultimately is not making me happy. It's about actually pursuing what is making me happy, even when it isn't looking great to people around me, right? And so I think the self-awareness game is, is partially acceptance of yourself. It's saying, hey, this is who I am and I accept me. But then on top of that, for me, it was about pursuing that next level, right? When I knew that I'm okay with who I am and where I'm headed, more importantly, then that was when it connected that, hey, my self-awareness is boom. I know who I am and I know where I'm headed. And so, so that was kind of it for me. Wow. Um, now definitely direct your uh, team here to see it because it is, it's a, yeah. such a fascinating thought process and how it is all working together and you're demonstrating, you know, by example, but also like that's such a power move of understanding who you are and accepting it. Because for me, I've been on that self-awareness journey as well. And like, in a sense, I know where I'm heading in a sense, I may not be specifically clear, but because I'm, 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 I'm allowing myself to be myself and allowing those doors to open, it has brought a lot more peace and enjoyment and fulfillment to life. And I feel like a lot of young people, they don't have a lot of fulfillment or joy We're we're just these cogs and we're just going through the motions and, mm. and we don't, we don't, we don't know who we are. And so we try to fill these things. We try to take all these things to fill these voids. But it doesn't get us anywhere. It may give us pleasure now, but in the long term, it's really not going to make a, a big difference. And we're going to really feel the, the pain from that. And so I think, like you said, pursuing what makes you happy and that happiness is on the individual level. You have to answer that for yourself. And I think you know what makes you happy. And so that what has allowed that has allowed a lot of growth for you to happen in this year because you're pouring into this is what makes me alive. So I'm going to do it more. And by doing it more, it's boom, boom, boom. Doors are opening. Life is operating in this amazing way. And so I think, you know, how can the question is, how can we help? How can I, how could you help an individual who wants to take that next leadership uh, acquisition in their own life, but also to help fill that void a little bit with something that's more internal, that will really be self-sufficient and sustainable? Like, yeah. how does leadership play into that? Sure. So one, but here's kind of my motto around self-awareness and I should have show, I should have shared this, but it may connect with some people who are interested in, Hey, I really want to, to find who I am. I want to know how I can connect with others. My self-awareness motto is it's know who you are and live it right. Self-awareness is that first part. Self-awareness is know who you are. And, and what I I see so many people uh, doing is, hey, you know, I'm, I'm on this self-awareness journey and I know who I am, right? But then there's the actual taking action piece of it, actually living it, right? Know who you are and live it. And when we as young people can say, hey, not only am I self-aware, but I'm actually living authentically. I'm actually living in a way that is congruent with who I know that I am. That's when you start to see things like I am valued and I have value to give other people, right? That's where it starts to happen. So making those connections between who I believe that I am and having the beliefs and actually carrying those out is kind of a two-step process. 
right? So, so part of it is things like reflection and meditation and debriefs and, and things where you're actually thinking back, but then part of it is moving forward, right? And so for me, some of the things that work really well is having conversations like this with people that I trust where I can say, hey, where are my shortcomings? Where are the things that I can improve upon? Because when I am able to actually see in a conversation with someone I trust that, hey, this is an incongruence between who I believe that I am and who I actually want to be, then it helps me to live more authentically. If I went to Thomas and said, hey, Thomas, man, I, I'm really interested in pursuing this next level of leadership. I want to be a better leader. And he said, hey, man, like, well, let's talk about, you know, our friendship, for example. And he said, hey, man, I would love for us to be able to hold each other more accountable within our relationship, our friendship. I would say, shoot, you know, like if accountability is a huge piece of, of leadership that's important to me, which it is then I want to make sure that I'm holding the people around me accountable. And so that's just kind of a little example of, hey, how could this play out is it's about finding those people that you trust, getting that feedback and learning how to live more authentically within that two-piece self-awareness bubble. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that more because uh, that, that was very game-changing sure. and, and, and you know, brought up a lot of awareness to me. Yeah. Um, but I know a piece that I, I want to hit on too, and, and I think it plays into it, is you you hit on like our confidence shadows or insecurities, and and so a lot of us have a lot of insecurities, and obviously you you can speak broadly and boldly about it, sure. and having the 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 confidence and transparency to ask people who you trust, okay, where am I shortcoming? Where am I coming short up? Yes. Um, up at and and most people are going to be like we don't want to have our ego shown we don't want to feel that pain of like okay i'm not really living this type of person so how do you recognize how and for you how did you recognize okay this is an insecurity this is something you know i'm really bothered about and i don't want to share but being open to learning more about it and asking people their perspective on pretty much seeing how is this playing out in my life and how is this holding me back and so if you can just hit on that point of you know becoming aware of that insecurity, but also being bold enough and transparent enough to ask for help and get that viewpoint from others. Yeah. I think part of it is you have to start asking yourself the right questions, right? So, so if I am thinking about, um, let's just give an example of if I want to interact with someone and have a, a deep, meaningful conversation, right? Let's, let's say that, let's say I want to talk about my values or, you know, we have things around politics and religion, but for the sake of keeping it, uh, keeping it, uh, so, you know, in, in, uh, not, not getting too deep, not getting too, uh, opposing views, but, um, yeah, let's say we want to talk about values, right? And so if I have this, if I want to have this conversation on values with someone, I want to actually understand why I believe what I believe, right? And so, you know, let's say that that one of my huge values is around, you know, interactions with family, right? Like I really value my family and and that those people close to me. Um, if I'm bringing that to someone, I need to really understand, hey, why is that important to me? Why is that the 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 foremost value that I'm really holding uh, close? And it's the same with the, the things that I believe about myself, right? Why do I believe this? You know, we talk about limiting beliefs. It's things that are kind of holding me back, insecurities that I have. Um, why do I believe that? And when we can get to the heart of that, 
that's when it starts to open up our conversations with other people as well, right? So if I can get to the heart of why I believe what I believe, that's helped me to share it. Um, I know Colby and I had an experience at one of our recent retreats where we were discussing limiting beliefs and we start to go through this process. We asked ourselves, you know, what is something that I believe about myself that may be holding me back? You know, why do I believe, what is the belief? Why do I believe it? And then how could I actually reframe it and rethink about that in a way that's going to empower me? And so that's a simple process that I've gone through. Um, and, and a great example is my, my um, retreats process. Um, with the retreats, at one point, I believed that, hey, I do not have value to bring to a group of people who could actually pay money to come to a weekend trip with other students. And that was not an empowering belief. And I, and I thought about why. And so I had evidence to back up that actually there is value for them, that I am a person of value to be able to sell it. And then I reframed that belief to be able to make it happen. So I know that was kind of long-winded, but just wanted to share that process of how I actually transform those kind of limiting beliefs into what Michael Hyatt calls uh, liberating truths. Mm. Wow. Um, that is a very powerful section right there, especially hitting on the why factor. Like, yeah. Just why do I believe what I believe? And I like most people don't know that I still yeah. have to ask that question to myself and it's a never ending process. And so I really like how you frameworked it. So we have action steps to do like the three questions and working upon it. Yeah. And I remember on the retreat, you know, going through that process and sharing it with you. And by doing that, it sparked, it, it, it lit something up. And so when I came back from the retreat, that really exploded um, and I really felt it. And I got to reframe uh, that within myself and find myself more and understand who I am. Yeah. And that's very powerful. Like you get those ticks of understanding who you are and you're like, wow, you get like that liberation, you know, the liberating truths and or liberating belief. But it, it, it's something that we all need is to ask, you know, why the why behind everything that we do. Yeah. Um, and I like the example because I remember even on the retreat you were sharing, you know, having these thoughts about the sessions thinking this way and then like it all tying together and just being better than what you thought. And the whole retreat was just amazing in general. Um, like I go back and watch Matt Mims video and I get hyped about it. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's but um, I guess I, I'm really interested in you. You've obviously developed a mindset in person through your beliefs and through your systems of acting upon them. And I know throughout your other podcast episodes that I was listening to, that the internship at Lexus Nexus or yep. Nexus Lexus, I believe that's how uh, Lexus Nexus, yes, yeah. was a big shifting moment for you being the intern and seeing how they're operating. Yep. And so, if you want to share that story and the T, like the, the takeaways you've uh, got from it and how that has really applied to your life and shifted everything. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, for context, I was a sophomore in college, which was over a year. It was like two years ago almost. And um, I started applying for roles in internships. And uh, at this time, I really wasn't qualified to really do anything. Um, and so, uh, this just happened to be one place that gave me an interview. 
And what happened was I get on the interview with them. My boss is in Dayton, Ohio. And, and this, my boss was uh, this at the time. Um, she was in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, she gets on the phone to interview me. And basically what she said was, this was pre-COVID. She said, hey, Parker, I just want you to know uh, after the interview, she said, I want you to know that your energy, you know, online over, it was Microsoft Teams, you know, or over this video chat platform uh, was as high as I would expect someone's to be in person, right? And she was like, that's why we hired you because this is actually going to be mostly a, a kind of virtual type of environment. And it was so interesting because then uh, 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 fast forward to, you know, 10 months later, everything shifts virtual. And she's like, well, it's good that this is why we hired you. You know, this is one of the, the selling points for you. Um, but what really happened was this was confidence boosters for me. As a 18 year old, I was interacting with VPs of a 10,000 person company, right? There were people at the highest levels that I was supporting uh, in a global technology environment and communication environment. So where the biggest value from this internship was for me was the mentorship from not only my boss and my team in a professional environment, but also getting to every single day in and day out, go in and listen to presentations from C-suite executives and VP levels and, and different groups. And I would literally be going to the, the CEO's uh, town halls to support. I would be going to, to massive events and multiple location connection events. And so what I found was it's about putting yourself in situations where you're able to learn what you want to learn, right? For me at the time, something that was really important was I want to learn how to be a better communicator. I want to learn how to lead groups better. I want to learn how to uh, put myself in networking environments that are going to be really beneficial. And so even if for you, it isn't like, hey, I want to go be an intern and do some, some global communication work. Uh, it, it could be as simple as I want to watch more TED Talks. I want to listen to more podcasts, read more books. It's about figuring out what those goals are and then how, how you can leverage experiences to actually fulfill those goals that you're interested in. Dude, that is such an incredible experience that you got to have. And just like getting to be with, you know, the top like people in a company, 10,000 10, person company every day. Yeah. And just being exposed to that, like the presentations and, and how a leader is formed in the communication, it, it pays off and it shows and explains why you are where you are because you exposed yourself to those type of people and putting yourself in, like you said, those situations where you're going to have that exposure and experience to really get to get a grasp of, okay, these people are at the top, they're acting this way and our, and our unconscious mind is just picking at it all the time. Like it's, it's seeking all this knowledge in. But I really like the, the point that you, you know, put yourself in these situations, put yourself in these uncomfortable situations, expose yourself to new things because exposure is the best thing and the only thing that's really going to transform your life. And that could be through a book, a podcast, a conversation, doing an internship, whatever it is, is that, you know, exposure has been the thing that has transformed me. And I know it has been the transform that thing that has transformed you. And it's the thing, like just the, it's the underlying factor of everything. So if you could promote to someone, you know, the value of exposure and how it could really shift their life, like what things would you want those people to be exposed to uh, starting in this young leadership development? Yeah. 
Uh, this is this is something I talk a lot about, and I, I see so much value in networking, connection, and community. And I, I think that you know I've been in a classroom environment for you know almost four years now through NC State University. I've learned a lot there, but what I've learned the most through is actually meeting people, actually doing interactions, and and I think that for for young people especially right now, I don't know how long this will be relevant, but I think right now people have kind of taken this back seat where a lot of students have said, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm content with where I'm at. And I, I, I think that it's easy to make those excuses right now while COVID is happening, you know, uh, the less interaction is, is just given to you, right? Less, less connection and networking. You actually have to go out and do it yourself. But my encouragement would be if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this episode, you're someone who's seeking growth. You're someone who wants to take those steps. And so if you're not leveraging platforms like LinkedIn and Instagram to be able to connect with new people and have conversations, then I would challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and think about what we were just talking about. What is holding you back from doing that? Why aren't you already doing that? Because even if you don't have something to sell, even if it's not sales, it's not, you know, something right now, having those people in your life that you can just say, Hey, I want to hear your story or I want to know more about you is so powerful because it helps you to know, Hey, here's what really resonated with me. Here's maybe how I could share my story. And it opens up opportunities. Um, one of the podcast episodes that I did, I, I currently work for Dale Carnegie, which is a leadership development training company. And one of the podcast episodes that I did, I reached out to this, this guy who works at, at Dale Carnegie. Actually, he reached out to me technically. He, he said, hey, I would love to be on your podcast. I'd love to support you. Um, he works at Dale Carnegie in Raleigh. And after our interview, he was like, hey, man, I've got a, a job that's going to align with what you're interested in. I would love to interview you for it. And so, and, and, and so I've never made a penny off of the podcast that I've made. But that one podcast interview has given me this job that I've been working for almost five months now, right? And so it's this little thing, but it's about meeting the right people. And that's just about putting yourself out there. That's where exposure is so valuable. Wow. Um, that, is, that is fascinating how those things come into place. And, you know, even with our connection, that, that one person, yep. one connection can really transform your life in so many ways and open so many opportunities and doors. Um, but I, I really love the point that, you know, that you said you learn the most through meeting people. Hmm. And I was talking to a bishop today and he was just talking about like people help us see ourselves like we we don't know who we are. Like we don't see ourselves, but it's the people around us that help us see ourselves. That's it. And so if you're surrounding yourself with, you know, actually good people that are going to give you honest opinion, you're going to understand yourself more. But you only get that through networking and you learn you learn more about yourself also the other person when you go up and have a conversation with someone. Hmm. And that is very fascinating. But I like the point, like it's in person is a very important thing because that human connection is very valuable. And I believe we're all seeking that right now. Yeah. Like that is missing in the world. Just that love, that just energy that you can have through those interactions. And I'm grateful that I got to meet with you in person on your retreat, which I, I can't even speak enough about it. But also at the same time, I know it is very uncomfortable going up to speak to someone in person, someone new. And so I'm curious, what is your approach 
on going to, you know, you see someone in public, like, oh, they seem like a cool person. Let me go connect with them and talk to them. Like, what is that approach for you? What's running through your mind? And how do you handle all those fears and uncertainty coming up? Yeah. And it's funny because like um, over the past year, uh, so much of the connection that I've done has been virtual. Right. And I know for a lot of people that's been the case. So it's something that I'm actually still like really working on getting into and getting back into the feeling of like, okay, you know, this is how we do it now. Um, But, you know, I am in the office for work. I am, you know, going out and starting to meet clients in person. So um, a couple of the things that I really like and would encourage people for in-person connection is when you're online, you you have much more limited time uh, to connect because you might say, hey, we got 30 minutes and it's just like boom, 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 right? Like we get on, we talk about our thing, we get off. What I love about in person is there's room for rapport building, right? So actually being able to say, hey, you know, have that few minutes while you're walking or while you're, you know, kind of kind of just hanging out to get into it, get to know the person a little bit more. I think that something that is a game changer for in-person versus virtual is that that on virtual we're so used to get on connect get off and what we're used to in person is hey we've got this time to be able to actually get to know and connect on a deeper level and so that's one of kind of my tips and things that I'm really learning right now is just rapport building in person but I I encourage people get to know the person before you worry about your agenda Mm. And the reason I say that is people are very quick to to think about what's in it for me. Like, why am I in this conversation? What am I going to get out of it? And, uh, and Colby, this is something I've talked to you about as well. You know, when we were first getting into sales, I'm like, sometimes it isn't about selling a thing or it isn't about getting them to a, you know, for me, it isn't about getting them to a community meeting. It's just about actually getting to know them, getting to hear their story, right? And so when it's less me-centered and me-focused, whether it's in person especially, but even virtually, how can we make that person feel valued, feel heard, feel important? And so that's my encouragement is when you're connecting with new people, make it about them and genuine curiosity and see what their goals are. And then from there, it's about, hey, what can I do to support you? Who can I connect you with? Bring them value. Um, and then, hey, what do I need? You know, if that's something that, that is, is a situation for you. Wow. Um, that's very good for me. Uh, and I know we've talked about this before, obviously with sales, um, but also on the retreat, I remember us talking about this on the front porch yep. about trading, you know, expectation for appreciation yes. and, you know, appreciating just being with the person and hearing their story and connecting and not expecting them to be like, okay, let me get whatever you're trying to present me or, or let me be, be your friend at this moment or whatever, you know, our agenda is, but like really putting that aside and being genuine and real to the person and just connecting with them. I think it's, it's just valuable in all settings, especially in sales, um, because so many people don't want to be sold to, but it's just, you got to build that rapport and friendship. Yeah. And so I think that would, it, it, it will bring a lot more fulfillment and joy to do that. If you're just like, okay, I'm gonna go make a friend. This person seems cool. They may not be, but I'm gonna go connect and see who they are. And if not, even if we don't stay connected, you gained experience, you like, oh, that was really cool getting to know that person. And then you can yeah. go on to the next one. Uh, and do it. Um, but I, I know that accountability is a very big thing for you. Um, 
And so I, 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 if you want to go deeper into that on the sure. power of accountability for your own personal goal, your own personal growth, uh, and just the, the overall approach on how it can really transform and shift your life. Yeah. So accountability is something that for me uh, looks like community, right? I use those words actually interchangeably now because think about it like this. If your community is people who are high value and high impact, then naturally they are also going to be the people who are looking for accountability and structure and and a, a partner that's going to do life with them in a meaningful way, right? And so why I say that community has become synonymous with accountability for me is because it's actually the people who I spend time with and who I spend the most time with that hold me accountable to do the things that I say I'm going to do. So whether it's keeping in shape, eating well, whether it's getting my work done on my podcast or Dale Carnegie, right? I have those people in the individual areas of my life who are going to say, Hey man, you told me you do this. Make sure, you know, make sure that it follows through, make sure that you follow through. Something that the taking a breath community has recently done is in our discord chat, we start, we've started posting our three daily commitments with, with together with each other. And this has been a way that we've been able to say, Hey, we actually are in this way, specifically holding each other accountable. So for anyone listening, if you're saying, Hey, I really actually could benefit from that. It's about, Hey, who is that person in your life that you trust to say, Hey, I'm actually going to hold you accountable to get it done. I've heard things like, oh, I'll, you know, exchange money if I don't get this done, or I'll do this thing for the other person, or I'll make myself do this if I don't get it done. But whatever that is that motivates you, it's about, hey, how can I set up the structure in place to follow through? And then who are the people that are coming along that journey with me and who are actually going to make it happen? Wow. Um, I really, I think it's so cool that you're doing that with the, the discord of, okay, these are the three, th three things that I'm doing today. And then having that type of accountability yeah. and I, I view it accountability as well. Um, it may not be the uh, in-person interaction or that uh, interaction with a person that it could just be, okay, I'm a part of this community and being a part of this community, I'm going to hold myself to another standard because, you know, I don't want to show up and not be like, okay, I'm not bringing anything, especially for, you know, the morning hustler wins. Like, I don't want to come there without a win. You know, yeah. so it's just, you can use that to leverage you. Like you don't really need a person or if you like you post consistently consistently online or through social media, you know, have that accountability. Like, okay, people are expecting me to do this and, you know, people really value this. They may not say it, but they do. And so let me use that as a leverage to do the things consistently over and over again. Um, but I just like the point, like it's going to benefit you more times than not. And it, and, and it's just, you have to have that structure, whether it be just psychologically, you're telling yourself to do this or having an in-person um, to really be there and push you. Yeah. And, and for me, like I realize that when I don't have that person there, that I tend to say, oh, well, hey, I can do it tomorrow, right? Like, like that's, you know, for a lot of us, it's, it's natural to say, hey, like I'm tired. You know, it's been a long day. I don't want to finish this paper tonight or I don't want to do this next thing that I have to do, right? I, like, I just want to go watch some Netflix and go to bed. 
But when I have someone that's saying, hey, like, you got your paper done, right? Like, yes, I did. I worked from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. to finish that paper, even though I wanted to go to bed, right? And so that's what it is for me is it's like, even when I don't want to, I have someone who expects it. And then I know that, hey, like I made this commitment to myself. It's about building evidence, right? Everything in a self-awareness, in a actually action-taking and accountability is about me proving to myself that mm -hmm. I can do it. And mm -hmm. so the beliefs that I have about myself are as a result of past actions. Mm -hmm. And so when I can build up evidence over time saying, hey, look what I did with FCA in, uh, in my junior year of high school and student government in my senior year of high school and impact leadership village in my freshman and sophomore year and taking a breath community in my junior year, then I literally have this portfolio that I'm building out of evidence of myself saying, hey, because I had those people holding me accountable, now I believe that I'm capable. And that's the key is you you need Ooh. to believe that you're capable by building that evidence. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that sparked me. And, and that is really powerful, that yeah. concept that, you know, my beliefs, my world now is based on my past, that's you know, right. actions or references and the things that I've done. And so even if you're just starting, it's just like, okay, taking the initiative if I do this, what is that going to lead me to? And it can be the smallest things. And because the, I, I was listening to a psychology book uh, by Brian Tracy, and it is that like the people who sell the most, the people who are the most successful in life, they like themselves. Now they have a high self-esteem. And what you're describing is that you build that self-esteem through doing things you don't want to do and following through with your word. And that so many people nowadays we don't hold our word to that standard. Like when we put our word, we're going to do something that we got to do it. People don't like people talk a lot. There's not a lot of action. There's a lot of talk out there. And so you really framing, okay, accountability can make that talk into actions because if not, you're going to feel bad about yourself because you let someone down. I forget who, who I heard it from, but you'll do more for someone else than you'll do for yourself. And so mm. like framing it at that, <laughs> at That's that look, um, just to build yourself up. And like you said, building up that portfolio. So now, okay, I built, you know, I've, I've done FCA. Now I've done uh, taking a breath. Now I'm doing this. And how can I leverage that to do what's next? Because now I have reference points. Okay. I followed through and have done this before. And I am this type of person. And it just, once you build that up in whatever area that is, it could be going to the gym, you know, wanting to shift that identity behind going to the gym, being healthier, being an entrepreneur. That's something I'm working on or being a podcast host, or being better at school, or being a better um, a, a partner in relationship, it's doing that same, it's the same framework of, okay, I may not want to be here fully with this person, but today I commit to being present. And by doing that, the small things, it shifts, it shifts, it shifts. And then you get to look back and be like, wow, I've become this type of person because I built up these reference points. That was just, that was very powerful, Parker. I love it. And, and, and that's the, that's the process that I go through, right? It's, it's little things like the words I use, actually the type of person that I am, right? If it, um, uh, the example from um, James Clear in uh, Atomic Habits is, you know, he talks about uh, cigarette smokers, right? Instead of saying, oh, I'm trying to quit smoking, right? Like if someone offers you a cigarette, instead of no, uh, I, I, I'm trying to quit, the, he says, you know, that person says, no, I don't smoke. 
right? It's not just, it's not just the things that we are actually doing. It's the, the, the things that we're saying that drive our beliefs, right? So by saying, Hey, I'm actually not a smoker uh, or I don't drink or I, whatever it is, right? Whatever you are interested in changing, I am a runner. I am someone who eats healthy and takes care of my body. I am someone who has valuable thoughts, right? By changing those words, I'm changing the things that I believe about myself, which will then change my actions, the way that I actually interact and the way that I live, right? So we change our words, which changes the things that we actually believe about ourselves, which then changes the way we interact with others and the way that we live. What a take. What a take. That, that is some powerful stuff because this is something I, I've been so like so in tune to now that mm -hmm. I talk to people recognize the word usage they say That's because right. most of the time like you can have a conversation with someone and they'll be like oh i'm a boring person and that you don't know the impact of that statement could have on that person's life and so i try to catch that within myself um and that's going back to self-awareness becoming aware of those words like what are, what is the dialogue that you're speaking what is the story that you're speaking out of your mouth because it's being spoken in a way and you know once you change your words it shifts everything and it may, it's going to seem fake at first, but you got to put some emphasis to it. Like the, I, I forget, it's like the law of, um, it's, it's, I forget. Uh, I, yeah, we're, we're going <laughs> to, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's, it's where you program your subconscious mind through affirmations consistently, and then eventually it'll adapt, but it's going to be a process of change like with anything. Um, but just like you, like having those mantras, like before the call I was doing, you know, I, I like myself. I like myself. I like myself. You know, I'm the best. I'm the best. And just constantly saying that and whatever words you want to use, it recharges you. It, it changes your identity. And I know Tony Robbins was like, if you change your identity, you change your life. Cause that is a big mm. thing that we're all, um, we're missing. Like we don't, we don't act these out because our identities aren't aligned with the words that we're using to describe ourselves or who do we believe we are. And, and one of the ones for me that was really powerful, a belief about myself was that my story wasn't valuable. And I hear this so, so, so many times from young people. Oh, I don't have an interesting story. Oh, I haven't really, you know, had anything that's worth sharing for people. If you're listening right now, your story is powerful, it is valuable, and people are going to be changed by hearing your story. I, I know someone needs to hear that today, that even though that you think that it's just your reality, it's just something that happens to everyone, there is something unique about you that when you share it with that right person, it is going to change their life. And for so long, I believed that, oh, my story isn't worth telling. I don't have a valuable story. I don't know what to, what to share. And the day that I changed that belief and the way that I spoke about that and the way that I, I thought about myself was the day that I realized, okay, taking a breath started as a result of me saying, hey, I want to share my story with others. I want to share other people's stories, right? And so this whole brand started as a result of me changing that belief that people's stories are so powerful and are the way that we can impact lives. And so for someone today, I want you to hear that, that your story is valuable and it's going to impact people's lives if you have the courage to share it. Get, in a, get a little fired up. Um, <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> uh, 
uh, that sparked with me. And you, you will consistently hear that from anyone that share your story. And we learn the most through people's stories. And so like your story will impact someone. And that's a belief that I need to hear that. I like, I needed to hear that myself, Mm. uh, that like my story is, is, is valuable and it's going to impact someone. It's probably impacted someone that I don't even know. And that's for most people in anything like you're impacting someone and influencing someone that you, you may not may not know but you are because people are always watching people are always listening but they may not speak up but just knowing that okay someone is watching someone is listening someone's waiting for my next move and, and maybe i'm feeding them in some way and let me use my story to really leverage it and be open and transparent and have that self-awareness to realize okay like this is who i am this makes me a better leader. Let me share this because it's going to impact and change one person's life. And that's all that we really need to make the world a better place. And so we're coming up uh, on our hour, Parker. This has been amazing. So, so, so much has been filled, so many nuggets. Um, but I guess the big, the big question I would ask is, what foundational block would you place in your younger self? But it's only one thing. So let's say you die you're done all your ideas, but you have one block. What block are you going to place in, in a pre Parker? My, the, the most foundational thing for me is understanding why mm. I know this is something that a lot of people talk about. I, I was debating there for that 0.5 seconds before I spoke, whether I was going to say that or not. <laughs> uh, and, and at the core of it, it's, if you understand why you're doing what you're doing, then it is so much more powerful and impactful and motivating for you. I think that for so long I did what I knew what I was doing. I knew how I was doing. I knew what I was doing. I knew, but once I actually connected with the why behind it, it, it gave it life. It gave it color. It gave it meaning right? And that's powerful. That's something that actually is going to live on past you, right? And my why that I identified was to empower young leaders to connect and take action on their goals. And every single day, I personally make sure that I'm taking, this is a great example of one step where I'm helping young leaders to take action on their goals, right? But every area of my life, I want it to be centered around that. So if I did die today, there would be systems in place and there would be people's lives and there would be things happening that would continue that legacy. So I want to encourage that for today is just really connecting with that why. The legacy of Parker Mays living on. (laughs) That is powerful. And that's something I got to work on myself is really cultivating that why and having that be the mission and surrounding and living by that. Now, like you said, giving it life. The question I I ask myself is what does it truly mean to be alive? And that's something we got to self-discover. But this has been amazing, Parker. This has been action packed, filled with so many nuggets that will really transform your life if you really embody these and take action upon them and just listen to them. Uh, but thank you so much for Park. Thank you so much, Parker, for giving us your time, sharing your wisdom, sharing your story, being you. And thank you for what you've done in my life. Um, I'm super excited to see where you're going with the retreats in the community and the Dale Carnegie stuff. Uh, just keep doing you, Parker. Keep inspiring young leaders to take action and fulfill those dreams. So any last words 
No, man, I really appreciate it. And I loved uh, this conversation. I was talking to Thomas today. I love being on calls and on events with people that vibrate at the same frequency, right? And I love to think you vibrate a little bit higher than I do, but you bring me up to that level, bro. So I appreciate your time today as well and for sharing my story with your audience, my man. Thank you. And folks, until next time.